Hello, welcome back to the Chronicles of the Teenage Brain. I am your host, Grace Scotto, and you are listening to episode 60. Wow, that is seriously crazy, and I know I say that every little milestone on this podcast, but it's been over a year now, and I already have 60 podcast episodes, and that is just so crazy. But if you are new, hello, my name is Grace Scotto. I am a teenager who advocates for mental health and just all things to do with growing up in this society. And yeah, welcome to the pod. I am very excited to be back yet again for another amazing episode. I have a really good topic this week and... Yeah, all my topics are pretty good, though. I think we have a fun time every week. Um, (laughs) But yeah, guys, we are at 60 freaking episodes. I seriously cannot get over it. I I don't even know. I swear to God, it was literally just yesterday when I was doing my 50th episode giveaway, and now we're already at 60. Like, for my 100th episode, I'm going to have to plan and do something really special. (laughs) But I've I've got like 40... 40 weeks to figure that out. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah, it's so crazy. I am currently sitting here sipping my iced coffee and recording. I got an espresso machine for Christmas and I've talked about this before, but I've kind of perfected my iced latte recipe. I can't even tell you how many shots of espresso I do. I use the mud. It's called mud. It's a coffee shop in New York City. I use the their espresso blend. It's kind of like a medium roast. I don't know. It's like the perfect combination between light and dark, which is medium. Um, It's so delicious and it's hard sometimes to find a good espresso blend. Um, Although I do love Chamberlain coffee. That's another, that's another really good one. But yeah, no, my favorite espresso blend besides Chamberlain coffee is the mud brand. And that's actually a coffee shop in New York City. And the reason why I got that espresso blend for Christmas is, yes, it's good, but also because it's Timothy Chalamet's favorite coffee shop. And my mom ordered it from there knowing because she just gets how much I like. She just understands that I love Timothy Chalamet so incredibly much, which is hilarious. I'm so obsessed with him. But yeah, no, I've like perfected my espresso machine I still have to learn how to use like the frother and all of that stuff and make like cappuccinos and stuff but I just am pretty basic I do like a shit ton of espresso over ice I'm an ice latte girl although I do love a good like iced Americano um and then I add almond milk and some caramel like flavored syrup because I just love an iced caramel latte And it's so good. But the one I made today, the one I'm drinking right now, is so evenly proportioned. And it just tastes incredible. And I just thought that I would share that because I am a coffee fanatic. I actually, when I came home, I drank half a Celsius because I start, I like drank it yesterday, but I didn't finish it. So I finished my Celsius and then I made a coffee right after. So I won't be falling asleep in this episode. But that's actually not true because I am actually recording this from my bed um, I am under my heated blanket. If you don't have a heated blanket, I highly recommend getting one. It is like the best thing that I've ever gotten in my life. 
I really hate people who are like, you can't be productive from being in bed. Like, I have to sit up and work. I am just going to say it here and now. If you're one of my teachers listening to this, I'm sorry. You're like one of my friend's parents, but like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love my bed. I have recorded so many episodes from my bed. I do my homework from my bed. <laughs> I literally don't even care. I just love it so much. And yeah. So I actually might fall asleep. Sometimes I feel like caffeine makes me more tired. Um, Also, if you are my parents listening to this, the espresso was decaf. They're like, yeah, right. We were the ones who bought you it. Okay. Anyways, that's enough talk of my bed and coffee. I have something important to actually talk about. I know. Although my coffee is pretty important, I think. (laughs) If you didn't know, this week, and I am recording this on March 2nd, is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And I just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit in my episode because it is just so incredibly important and it's something that everyone should be aware of, regardless if you struggle with one or not. Eating disorders are way more common than you think. One in five females and one in seven males struggle with them. It is so important to recognize and keep this in mind. And a lot of people think like, oh, you have to be super skinny and like you have to look like all sticks and bones to have any, like, no, 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 no. You don't have to look like you have an eating disorder to have one. Less than 6% of those with eating disorders are medically diagnosed as underweight. This can affect everyone, regardless of your body type, your race, genders, ethnicity, sexual orientation, it does not matter. They can come in all different shapes and sizes. And it is seriously way more common than you think. Like, I know a couple people actually who do struggle with eating disorders and they are some of the most badass, strongest people that I know. And I am just in awe. Um, One of my really good friends went through this big recovery program and she's such a freaking girl boss. Yeah, it is really, really freaking common. Um, Having an eating disorder, though, is not a choice, and it's definitely not your fault. A lot of people assume that um, eating disorders are just, like, the fear of food or, like, gaining weight, and a lot of people also assume that it's, like, because people struggle with an eating disorder... They just want attention. That is so false. (laughs) Eating disorders are a very painful and challenging psychological battle. And please remember that just because someone shares the recovery story doesn't mean that they don't still struggle. Something that I've said on my podcast so many times, regardless of the topic, is that progress and recovery is not linear. Um, It may actually mean that they struggle and work to stay in recovery every single day. So you can't believe everything you see on the internet. Like recovery is a very scary and difficult process and it's not easy and you shouldn't beat yourself up over it and like, you know, say like, oh, you know, I, I should be recovered by now or it's taking me so long. Like it is a race. It is hard for everyone. It is different for everyone and you should just keep that in mind. So yeah, eating disorders are not for attention to. By the way, 
they are seriously, it is such a serious mental illness and so many people struggle with it. So just remember too to be mindful of what you say, um, especially around others. Like you never know what someone is going through behind closed doors and one little simple critique about food or something at the cafeteria table could just really be harmful for someone. If you do need one, there is an, in all caps, NEDA, National Eating Disorder, National Eating Disorder something hotline. Um, You can call it. There's also a website where you can go and you can seek certain helps. And if you just like Google it, it's all caps, just N-E-D-A, just the letters. Um, It's a helpline, but there's also a website that you can go to where you can put in your location and find treatment options near you. Um, You can find therapists who specialize in eating disorders near you. And then, like, if you need a more, like, urgent type of thing, you can call the helpline, just like there is a suicide helpline, which I actually thought was really interesting. I did not know that, but that is such a great resource that we should have. Um, and please remember that you don't have to be at your worst to deserve healing. Everyone deserves recovery and everyone deserves that opportunity to flourish and feel good about themselves. You don't have to be at rock bottom to heal. And, you know, you don't have to look a certain way to, you know, kind of say like, oh, I need help or, you know, don't invalidate your feelings or the struggles that you are going through. Numbers and looks do not define you, but most importantly, you are not alone. Dealing with any mental illness in general can be one of the most alienating and isolating feelings. And, you know, personally, I have not struggled with an eating disorder, um, but I do know people, like I said before, who have. And, It is seriously, seriously such a serious thing, and it's not easy. It's not a choice, but it's so important to remember that you are not alone and that there are a lot of people out there struggling through the same thing, and you do deserve recovery. So with that being said, I just wanted to kind of put that out there and remind you it's so important to check in on friends and family Be mindful of what you say, and overall, just be a kind person. So every introduction, I share my book of the week. Unfortunately, I don't have any new updates this week. I am still reading Marmy by Sarah Miller. I have been so busy lately with everything going on. I'm going to be honest with you. This week has been really shitty. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, so far, I'm more than halfway through with the book. And I can already tell you that it's going to be like a five-star read for me. Um, It's seriously like a new comfort book of mine. I am obsessed with Little Women. It is seriously so incredible. And I love it so much. So if you like Little Women, the movie, the book, whatever it may be, I highly, highly recommend reading this because the detail and the emotion is just impeccable. (sighs) You guys, this week has been honestly so rough. Um, it's the week back from break and I have just really been struggling today and yesterday, like more specifically have been really shitty. I honestly wasn't even going to report, record this episode tonight. Um, 
I don't know. I have just been really struggling in school recently and just my confidence and everything has just been so down. I had a really bad day today, but I do know that recording my podcast makes me feel so good. And even still to this day, like it's been a year since I've made this podcast, but I still get people who come up to me and tell me that they listen and that they relate to my episodes. I get DMs all the time. I get people telling me that their parents like to listen. I've had teachers tell me. It's seriously such a remarkable thing, and I'm so incredibly grateful for it. And, yeah, I, it's just amazing. And I kind of want to tie that into the quote of the week, which is, the act of creating something is always more important than the results. And this kind of really related and resonated with me, you know, connecting to my podcast. I mean, this can go for so many different things, especially if you're listening, like you can interpret that so many different ways. But especially since this is my 60th episode, I've definitely learned that what I'm creating and what I'm putting out and the content I'm producing is so much more important than who listens and how many streams I get and how many likes I get on my Instagram posts. It's really about the impact that I've made. And I've had to learn that. It's not easy. Trust me. Sometimes I will work really hard on an episode and not get that many listens. And I get frustrated sometimes with this podcast and I get mad at myself. But then there are moments where someone I know comes up to me and is like, wow, like I really loved your episode. And my dad listens to your podcast. That actually did happen to me this past week. And it was seriously like made me smile. It was amazing. Um, And it's just like little things like that, that, you know, really, really make me smile. And yeah, I don't know. It's just so important. And I feel like if you do things or hobbies or endeavors, whatever it may be, for the sake of how much money you make or how many listens or views you get, you're not doing it for the right reasons. And that is why I take so much pride in this podcast, because I am doing it for the right reasons and I love talking about mental health and I love sharing my experiences and I like being cringy on here and it's just incredible. But the last thing that I want to say before I hop into this episode, which has really nothing to do with mental health or anything in general, is that Outer Banks season three came out last week and I just had to tell you that I am so obsessed. I'm not going to spoil it because I know a lot of my friends and stuff are still listening to it listening. Oh my God. (laughs) Watching it. It is not a podcast. Oh my gosh. Should I do an episode solely on Outer Banks? Maybe. (laughs) Oh, that was funny. Yeah, no, I really, really loved season three. The only thing that I will say is that I hated Big John. If you know, you know. Um, And I've just been so obsessed with it recently. (laughs) I just really needed to mention that this week so you guys know. You should really go watch Outer Banks. If you haven't, it is an amazing show. And now I just really, really want it to be summer so badly. I kind of hate that th- that it like came out in February because there's snow on the ground right now and I just want to go to the beach. And I just want to go hunt for gold. <laughs> okay. I think it's time that we hop into the main idea of this episode, which is getting through and out of dark spots. I have made an episode on hitting rock bottom a while back, which is kind of similar to this episode, but different 
in a sense. Um, I don't know. I, I view them as two different things in a, in a way. Like, rock bottom to me is, through my own experience, is like kind of this numbing sensation you get after everything. Um, a dark spot, though, they can kind of come when you least expect them to. And I want to share, before I even give advice, I want to share my experiences that I've had with dark spots through depression, OCD, and anxiety. The very first kind of dark spot in my life that I can recall was in fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade. And at this time, I was really, really, really struggling with OCD. I've talked about this so many times. If you are a real one and you've listened to this podcast through and through, you would know. You know that fifth and sixth grade was rough for me. Um, when I first started dealing with OCD, which is obsessive compulsive disorder, which I have a whole episode on that as well, um, uh, it started with hand washing. And at first I was just like, oh, like I'm a germaphobe. That's just me. Like I'm quirky. In reality, I was struggling with a mental illness, and I didn't realize it at the time. Um, But, yeah, no, it was bad, you guys. I would wash and wash and wash my hands to the point where they were raw and bloody. I would bring Clorox bleach wipes to school and, like, bleach my desk. Like, no elementary kid does that. And I didn't realize it at the time that it was a dark spot. I didn't even know what OCD was at the time. But looking back, I can definitely say that it was a dark time because it was so isolating because I didn't really like no one knew what I was going through and I didn't know what I was going through at the time no one like I couldn't comprehend it myself um and then once again I've talked about this on my podcast as well but it then morphed into dealing with cognitive distortions distortion distortion yes distortions and um intrusive thoughts and that was really hard so that was a very very dark time in my life um another moment that I can recall is February of my freshman year of high school I'm a junior now for some context yeah oh February and March of my freshman year is really when I like was in my biggest dark spot and I truly did hit rock bottom. That was the year that I was diagnosed with clinical anxiety and depression. Um, Yeah, I just was so isolated and I just felt so disconnected from everything. I was so incredibly depressed, to be honest with you. And it was not because of any particular reason. It was just my brain. Like it had nothing to do with anyone else. Um, And yeah, I just vividly remember that it was such a hard time. I was very irritable. I was angry. I was sad. I didn't understand my feelings. I, all I wanted to do was lay in bed. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to call anybody. I didn't want to text anybody. Nothing. Like it was just really a rough time for me. And I just remember like having breakdowns left and right and being so anxious that I like, couldn't go into school without feeling like I was going to throw up. Just very, very many, you know, explodes, like explosions, I guess, and just not good, not a good time for me. Um, But yeah, no, that was a really dark spot in my life. And, you know, that connects with obviously like a time where I also hit rock bottom. But please remember too, like 
just because you're sad, it doesn't mean that you are in a dark spot necessarily. Not to like undermine your feelings or anything. Like you are valid regardless. But trust me, you will know when you are in a dark spot. It's kind of the time when things seem hopeless. You don't want to get better or you just kind of want to isolate yourself. And yeah, but I guess let's just hop into the main idea of this episode. And if you couldn't tell by the title, it's how do we get ourselves out of dark spots? Before I even say anything, I want to give a shout out to one of my really, really good friends. Her name is Olivia. Um, she gave me a lot of great advice and tips to share in this episode. A lot of these ideas actually came from her and it was so helpful when planning this podcast out. She just had so many great ideas and stuff that I wanted to share. So thank you so much, Olivia, because not only are you helping me with this podcast, but you're also helping those who are listening. You are a queen. But yeah. And once again, before I even say anything, we have to accept the fact that progress is not easy and recovery is not linear. Sometimes in order to make change, you have to tap into your vulnerability and even channel scary emotions. I have said this before, but like crying is one of the best forms of medicine for me. You know, obviously that's seen as a negative emotion, but sometimes we have to be sad and sometimes we have to be angry to take that step into recovery. So, One of the best things that you can do when you're in a dark spot or you feel like you're going into one or you're trying to get out of one or you're going into one, whatever it may be, is find healthy distractions when your brain feels chaotic. Keep keep in mind the key word here is healthy, so you don't want to do things that are going to make you feel worse, but this can be get outside, go for a bike ride, read. That is my number one favorite thing to do when I feel like shit is I read. Like this past week, I'm not in a dark spot right now necessarily, but this past week has just been rough. And when I have study halls, instead of doing homework, I just read because I know I'm going to feel good. But anything that you can do to distract your mind in a good way is so important. Whatever your hobbies are, sports, sewing, knitting, painting, whatever, like that is amazing. Journaling. I've talked about this before, but I will say it again because it is so great. Another tip that I learned from a friend, a.k.a. Olivia, was to write down reasons to live and things that bring you joy. I love journaling about things that I'm grateful for, but another example could be like things that you eventually want to experience in life. For example, I would write about traveling and how I want to go to Paris and go to coffee shops and have a almond croissant and sip some espresso outside wearing a really cool pair of sunglasses watching like all of these amazing cool chic Paris citizens walk by me um kind of like it's fashion week almost but yeah um because when you're in a dark spot like it's hard to find hope that things will get better and it's kind of hard to find reasons to keep going and to keep pushing. So writing down reasons to live and things that bring you joy and things that you eventually want to experience can restore that hope and can be very beneficial. Pay attention to your body language and its signs. When you're feeling anxious or maybe about to spiral, 
pay attention to the signs that your body gives off. Therefore, you know how to pre- how to prepare yourself or seek help when the time comes. For me, I know what it's like when I'm about to have an anxiety attack or I'm just about to have a mental breakdown in general. Like my chest tightens up. I start hyperventilating. Um, I'm very tense all over. I clench my jaw. That's a really big one. If you're my dentist listening, I'm so sorry. I clench my teeth. Oh, that is so bad. Um, and I also like I was feeling really anxious today at school and something that I I do all the time when I'm anxious is I just pick the skin off my fingers like really, really bad. Um, and I like dig my nails into my hands. Like that is like the main things my body does personally. It is different for everyone. But once I've kind of learned those signs over the years and as I've struggled, I am able to like, okay, like take a break, take a pause and be like, okay, my body right now is not responding well to whatever is going on in my brain. What can I do right now to make myself feel better? Do I need to step outside and get fresh air? Do I need to go talk to someone or seek help or, you know, find a trusted adult, whatever it may be. It is super important to pay attention to your body language and the signs that it gives. And this leads to my biggest tip of all, that it is okay to ask for help. I know when I was in a dark spot, it was really easy to feel like a burden or I was even like, kind of invalidating my feelings in a sense because I was like, oh, I have no reason to be depressed. I have no reason to be in a dark spot right now. Like, what the hell is going on? And I hesitated for so long saying anything. But once I did, I got on the medications I needed. I got the help. I got therapy. And ever since then, I have been doing so much better. Reach out to a trusted adult or friend. I can't say this loud enough. You are not a burden for needing help. You do not have to blame or feel feel a sense of shame for what you were going through. You know, I'm sure if you had the option to struggle with your mental health, you obviously wouldn't. It is not your fault. And it, even in times when you don't feel this way, you have to remember that your mental health matters and you are worthy of feeling good. It is so easy for your mental illness or your struggles, whatever it may be, to play tricks on you and to say, really, really mean things. I've talked about this before. I know I sound like a broken record, but I am my biggest bully. So when I do start to spiral or I'm just struggling in general, my brain is typically a lot meaner to myself because it's already like beating me up while I'm down and I'm like an easy target. So you just have to remind yourself, regardless of what your brain is telling you, regardless of what your mental illness is telling you, that you deserve to feel good and you are worthy of recovery and you are worthy of help. You are not a burden. Trust me. Another good thing to keep in mind too is sometimes you have to get away from a screen. I know that when I feel depressed or isolated or fatigued, I just lay in bed and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll on TikTok all day long and that honestly makes me more depressed. It can be really hard to force myself to get up. It can take so much energy out of me to even just shower or brush my teeth. But it is important to try and force yourself to put your phone down. And like I said, distract yourself in a healthy way. So instead of maybe scrolling on TikTok for three hours, I read a book for three hours or I journal and then go for a walk and make an iced coffee. 
like little things like that. It doesn't have to be big. Rest is key. This is such another important piece of advice. Regardless of what's going on in your dark spot, even if you've laid in bed all day or your body is telling you to go, 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 you deserve rest. It is so important. Listen to your body. Listen to the signs it's giving you. Um, my friend told me this, and I've actually never heard of this, but it is seriously a really, really good piece of advice, and I'm even open to trying it when I am struggling too. I think this is such a cool idea, and it's called opposite action. So basically, when you are struggling in a dark spot, hitting rock bottom, whatever, and you say, for example, you're feeling really sad and the first thing your brain tells you is, I need to isolate myself. I need to be alone. I need to shut myself out. I'm a burden. Do the opposite action and instead maybe reach out to someone. Start texting someone or go into a room with people in it. Like maybe your mom and your dad are downstairs in the kitchen. Go down there and just like sit in the kitchen with them. Like literally do the opposite. Even if your body is like, no, I need to isolate myself. It's typically not what your body needs. Call up a friend. Go play a video game online where you will socialize with other people. Get out of the house. Like, do something that is the opposite of what your body is telling you to do. I just think that's, I've never really heard that before. And that is such a really cool piece of advice. Another important thing is to practice mindfulness. And do things that you know will help your mental health and not deteriorate it even more. So for me, I have a really hard time with meditation. It's something that I have to keep working on and practicing, especially because my thoughts are always all over the place. But something that I do love and something that really helps me practice mindfulness and kind of stay connected is playing around with my crystals and my incense and all that stuff. It's really fun for me. Some people think it's BS. I love it, so I don't really care. But another thing to do is reading. Things that just kind of help you stay in the present is so important. Those are my top favorite things. Crystals and books are seriously one of the most amazing things that I've discovered in my life. Like, I love them so much. I'm such a nerd. But, you know, do things that will help you stay present. Um, another thing that I would recommend too is like I cannot just like sit in my bed and meditate by myself. I really like guided meditations. I've actually linked a few of them on my podcast Instagram account, which is at Chronicles of the Teenage Brain. Guided meditations are really nice, especially because you have a voice to follow along and it has structure. Another thing that I found out from a friend, which is very interesting as well, is that when you're hitting a crisis, you can do things with temperature. For example, if you feel yourself spiraling or panicking, taking a cold shower or splashing cold water on your face can help. Muscle relaxation is also another very good strategy. So like squeezing and tightening your hands really hard, like I'm doing it right now, and then release and feel that tension release can be really nice. So kind of like Tensing your muscles and then releasing. Tensing, releasing can help you feel good. Um, Paced breathing where you exhale longer than you inhale. So, for example, you inhale for five seconds and then exhale for seven. Reminding yourself that 
if you are at rock bottom or you just are in a bad place in general, that you will survive and that you are so much better and stronger than your mental illness. It is so easy for your brain to play tricks on you and to convince yourself that you are worthless and that you won't make it. And I promise you, you will get through it. There have been times in my life where I really struggled and I'm like, there's just no way I'm going to get past this. And I am still here today. If you are listening to this podcast right now, you made it. You have literally survived 100% of all your bad days and you deserve a pat on the back for that. That is amazing. Congratulate yourself right now because you have survived all of your bad days. Another thing that I like to do to kind of cope with, you know, being in a dark spot or, you know, dealing with mental struggles is listening to music. Music is seriously such a great source of therapy, whether that's listening to happy music, getting me in the mood and, you know, dancing around my room or even sad music that helps me express my feelings in a way that I couldn't before. It's really great. And I also kind of relate that to movies as well. Music and movies, man, they are incredible. But, you know, watching a happy movie to uplift yourself or even like tapping into your sad girl vibes and watching a sad movie like Call Me By Your Name or Beautiful Boy, both starring Timothy Chalamet. Can you guys like see the reoccurring theme here? Like I really love Timothy Chalamet. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Crying is good. Laughing is good. Like do whatever you need to do. But last but certainly not least, and I, once again, this is the last time I'm saying in this episode, I swear, I have a whole episode on this. It's called Therapy Rocks, but therapy. That is the biggest thing that helped me when I was in a dark spot and when I was at rock bottom. I have no regrets doing therapy. My therapist is one of my biggest friends, my biggest friends, my best friend. That's what I meant to say. I was trying to say it was like one of the biggest I don't even know what I was trying to say. <laughs> uh, my therapist is my best friend. There we go. Um, she's helped me so much. I love Tina. If you're listening, she's a girl boss. And yeah, it has just been one of the best decisions I've personally made. And I think it can be beneficial for literally anyone. So yeah, <sighs> that's all I got. I really have to pee because I just chugged that iced coffee. <laughs> kind of rhymed. And I have a lot of homework to do, which I'm dreading. But thank God tomorrow is Friday. And Friday's when my episode comes out, this episode. So whoop, whoop, get hyped. Go watch Outer Banks if you haven't. And check in on your friends. Be kind to one another. Remember that you deserve to feel good. You are worthy. You are not a burden. And remember that the act of creating something is always more important than the result. All right, you guys. I am done with this episode. I will catch you all next week. Thank you all so, so much for listening and happy 60th episode. Bye.